0: the answer
2: yes indeed it is and a good morning to you thank you for joining us at nine minutes after 10 o'clock on this 27th morning of the eighth month of the year of our lord 2019 thank you so much all right i told you yesterday about this massive win for the first amendment and for religious liberty up in minnesota a couple of Minnesota filmmakers uh, have been essentially told what to do and when to do it, no matter what it means to their personal uh, religious convictions. Once again, it's the LGBT community trying to dictate to religious Americans that they must not only accept, but also openly and loudly uh, support uh, their lifestyle choices. Well, the 8th. Eighth- Court of Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday, not yesterday, but recently, um, ruled against films and videos for same-sex weddings if it is in violation of their religious principles. But it's much more than that. And joining us now to discuss it from uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, our partners that we uh, worked so closely with throughout the month of June in this very extraordinarily important appeal, because they look out for those who need help and cannot look out for themselves. Uh, Jeremy Tedesco, representing Alliance Defending Freedom, joins us now on AM fourteen twenty, The Answer. Jeremy, thank you so much. For Coming on, how are you? Good, thanks for having me on, Bob. Give us the the, the backstory here. I just kind of gave the cursory. This is what the Circuit uh, Eighth Circuit decided, which is fantastic. The Court of Appeals, huge win for religious freedom. But give us the backstory here. Tell us about Carl and Angel Larson and their business.
3: Yeah, it's it really is a, a significant win. You know, Carl and Angel, I know them very well. They're, they're some of the best people I've ever met. Um, they live their lives in a way that's just so fully. Uh, committed to their faith and to God. And, you know, that from a business standpoint, from day one, they've always said we want to create film and, and stories through our films that honor God. And, you know, part of that for them is when they they decided they wanted to get into the marriage storytelling business. They wanted to tell stories about marriage that were consistent with their religious convictions, that reflected their religious convictions, their biblical convictions, that marriage reflects Christ's relationship with the church. And so they weren't going to be able to tell every marriage story. They knew that. Well, then they found out that Minnesota interprets its state non-discrimination law to force them to create films celebrating conceptions of marriage, including same-sex marriage, that would violate their religious convictions. Um, and they were under penalty of up to 90 days in jail, significant fines and damages awards, if they simply followed through with their faith convictions and the way they make films. And so instead of make, taking that risk, they did what every American has the right to do: go to court and ask the court to declare before they entered the wedding industry that the First Amendment doesn't, you know, bars the state from being a, able to force them to create films that violate their convictions. Now, we lost the district, at the district court, but the appeals court, as you said, reinstated the lawsuit and really issued a great opinion affirming their First Amendment rights.
2: We're talking with Jeremy Tedesco, who is a senior counsel and vice president of U.S. Advocacy and Administration for ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. He argued before this Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, on behalf of these, this uh, couple. Um, one of the things that we hear consistently, and we heard it about Jack Phillips with Masterpiece Cake Shop and Baronel Stutzman and some so many others, is that they are anti-gay. They are homophobic. They won't serve or provide services to gay people. Uh, I don't believe that to be the case. It has not been the case in any of those other instances. Can you clarify that for anybody who doesn't understand that uh, with respect to, the, to uh, uh, the, these clients?
3: Absolutely. Just like Jack Phillips, Carl and Angel serve everyone. They just can't create every film. They just can't promote every message through their film. So they, they serve the LGBT community. They work with folks um, that are lesbian gay all the time uh, in, in creating and promoting and producing films. Um, there are just certain messages they don't want to create. This would be the same as the government telling an atheist filmmaker he has to make a film promoting the existence of God or a, a lesbian a graphic artist has to create flyers or a website promoting a church's rally in favor of marriage between a man and a woman. See, The problem is for the left that so so desperately wants people like Carlin Angel to be forced to create films that violate their beliefs is the same rule is going to apply to them. There's no way you can cabin this off and say it only applies to people with the wrong ideas. The First Amendment knows no wrong ideas. It's supposed to protect everybody's freedom. And so um, the important thing about this victory is it's not just a victory for Carl and Angel. It, it, it protects the right of all creative professionals to promote ideas through their work that are consistent with their beliefs and to decline to promote messages that violate their beliefs. That's a rule that's good for Carl and Angel, and it's a rule that's good for everybody. <laughs>
2: Jeremy, um, were Carl and Angel targeted? We've seen this a number of times. For example, after Jack Phillips won at the Supreme Court level, uh, it didn't stop them from coming back again at him. They 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 specifically would send someone, you know, okay, you won on the same-sex marriage cake. Well, now we want you to make a gender reveal thing because we're uh, you know, uh, uh, or a gender transition. Excuse me, a gender transition cake because somebody's going from male to female or whatever the case might be. They targeted him, knowing he was going to turn that down because it violated his beliefs and then we get to suit and you know, file another lawsuit. Were they targeted? Was it well known that they would not do this or how did uh, you know the the initial case be brought against them surface?
3: Yeah, the interesting thing about Minnesota is that Minnesota aggressively targeted the entire religious community that holds the conviction that marriage is between a man and a woman because they aggressively put out statements, public, uh, you know, information videos in, in 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 actually engaged in some enforcement actions and made it clear that they were going to prosecute religious believers who believed that marriages was between a man and a woman if they declined to celebrate same sex weddings through the services the expressive services they provided and so everybody on in Minnesota was on notice um, that they were going to go after anyone who you know had the audacity to follow their religious convictions and the artistic expression that they create. Um, And so, you know, Carl and Angel... So they were effectively soliciting
2: defendants, right? I mean, it sounds, Jeremy, like what you're saying is they were soliciting defendants. They were basically telling people, go out there, sending scouts out into the community, find businesses who don't believe what we believe and we want them to believe so we can go after them. They were literally scouting for people to sue and and make defend themselves.
3: Well, not only had they... You know, essentially done something like that, but they had sent testers uh, to businesses that had been uh, that where complaints had been filed against them to essentially set them up and and, and create the predicate facts for an enforcement action. So, Min- bottom line is Minnesota was very aggressive about how they were going to prosecute this against religious believers that held to the conviction that marriage is between a man and a woman. And and so the Larson's, I mean, they would have been, it just wasn't worth the risk at all for them to enter the industry and and, and risk that enforcement action because, as I said, the enforcement actions here could result in $25,000 in punitive damages, fines and damages, awards, triple damages in some instances, and you can be on the hook for up to 90 days in jail. So their personal freedom. (laughs) Was at risk as well. This is, you know, a a husband and wife who have eight kids. Um, They can't go to jail for 90 days just for trying to exercise their basic First Amendment rights. And so in America, we have a right to file pre enforcement lawsuits to try to get these kind of laws struck down before they're even enforced against us. And the reason that exists is exactly because of the chilling effect that the kind of things Minnesota was doing can have on people within um, you know, the, the religious community exercising their rights. I've talked to so many creative professionals who believe marriage is between a man and a woman who have simply abandoned their religious calling and vocation because they're too worried that they're going to have these kinds of laws enforced against them. That's the kind of chilling effect the First Amendment exists to protect against. And, you know, the great news here is we got a victory in a case just like that.
2: We are talking with Attorney Jeremy Tedesco, Senior Con- uh, senior Counsel and Vice President of U.S. Advocacy and Administration for the Alliance Defending Freedom, or for Alliance Defending Freedom. And what you just heard him say cannot be overstated. There are so many... Uh, business owners and service providers who are people of faith, who want to live their faith, who do not want to abandon it or ignore it or set it aside by providing things that they don't believe in, but they are afraid of being sued. They're terrified of being targeted. It costs, Lord only knows, how much money to to fight these cases in court. They don't have the money to do it, not to mention loss of reputation and other things. It, it just literally takes so much of their, their livelihood away from them. That's where ADF comes in. They provide free legal services. Jeremy's services are not charged to Carl and Angel Larson, for example. But they have to be paid. It costs a lot of money to, to to take these cases through the legal process. And I cannot urge you strongly enough, if you're considering charitable donations, please consider Alliance Defending Freedom because um, we need them. We need them to fight for us. We never know when we or someone we know or care about it is going to be targeted by one of these organizations looking to force uh, and compel free speech, or excuse me, compel speech, which is the obviously the opposite of free speech. Um, Jeremy, last thing. In that regard, in fact, um, where does it go from here? So it's a victory in the Eighth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals. Can you take us through the rest of the legal process, and do you expect this will eventually end up at the Supreme Court as the Masterpiece Cake Shop's uh, situation did?
3: Well, it's possible it could end up th- at the Supreme Court. But right now, it depends on what the state of Minnesota wants to do. They do have the right to appeal this. Um, to the full Eighth Circuit, and then ultimately to the U.S. Supreme Court. So we'll see how it plays out with them. Um, The the, the Eighth Circuit sent the case back down to the district court uh, and asked the district court to renew uh, its, its, um, its consideration of whether the Larson should get a preliminary injunction protecting them moving forward. I mean, the stage is set for that. The Eighth Circuit's decision clearly says, Um, That the application of the law to the Larson's to force them to create films that violate their beliefs is a violation of the First Amendment. So I would expect if we go back down to the district court, we'll quickly get a preliminary injunction and then the case would proceed there. So time will tell. Um, But we'll have to see if Minnesota appeals first before we know what comes next.
2: Jeremy Tedesco, Senior Counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, Find them online, please. Uh, ADFlegal.org is a place, uh, and I'm trying to make sure because there's several offshoots of the website. So just go to ADF, which stands for Alliance Defending Freedom, legal. ADFlegal.org. And uh, there's a donate button right at the top of the page. I'm staring at it right now. Please donate and help ADF continue to help uh, so many people like the Larsons. Uh, Mr. Tedesco, thank you so much for coming on with us and sharing this story. We're going to continue to follow it, and hopefully when it reaches its conclusion, and it's a happy one, we'd love to have you back on. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless. Appreciate uh, everything you and ADF do. That's Jeremy Tedesco. It is 1021. We'll get a timeout here. I've got another story similar to that one. If you're wondering, by the way, why it's 1021 on a Tuesday and you're not hearing the voice of Kersenow, Uh, That'll be tomorrow. Peter is traveling today. He asked me if we could bump to tomorrow, which, of course, we are more than happy to do. So he will be with us on Wednesday at 10.05 for the next edition of the Kirstenow Show, the Kirstenow Report, if you will, on the Bob France Authority. All right, 1021, right back after this. 1026 now, the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, the answer. Hey, I want to remind you about November 21st. Khalid, when he called in before, uh, mentioned uh, the huge event that is coming up on November 21st. you got to get your tickets. I cannot emphasize this enough. It might seem like it's a far-off event in November. It's not that far off, especially if you would like to sit with one of us. I'm speaking, of course, about the War for America's Soul Tour that is coming up on the 21st. It's at the Holiday Inn on Rockside in Independence. uh, Hugh Hewitt uh, will be there to moderate and run the show. Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Peter Kersenau, and I will be on stage on this four-person panel discussing the march towards socialism in this country. Iran waging war, restricted free speech and religious rights, all of the racial tensions, all of these domestic and global dangers we are facing every day. And while international threats used uh used to be beyond our borders, they're here now. And we face more and more threats to the US Constitution and the rule of law from unconstitutional socialists who are living and working and voting in this country for socialists. These pres- these dangers present a series of ex- existential rather threats to our nation it's a cultural and political war for our soul quite literally and uh we need you to be there uh, VIP dinner registration is available. You've got to purchase your tickets. You get uh, general admission tickets if you wish. You can purchase VIP tickets. You can purchase VIP VIP table tickets. Now those are the ones that go first, where you can sit at the table with Hugh Hewitt or Doctor Gorka or Peter Kurzynow or myself, and uh, and and really kind of go in depth on what you're what you believe. Uh, discussing the matters uh, that are of great importance to all of us. So I'm really looking forward to meeting some great people sitting at my table. Please get them early. They will sell out very quickly. First, the, the VIP table tickets sell out because there's only eight at each uh, table and then the VIP tickets for dinner just in the room, no matter where you're sitting, then those go, then the general admission tickets go. So you really need, and I know uh, it's. Uh, it seems like it's a long way off, but it's not. Get them now at whkradio.com, whkradio.com. We will see you uh, at uh, the uh, Holiday in Rockside on November 21st. Uh, let me go to BJ. In Nor- you know what? It's uh, a ten twenty nine. I don't want to rush BJ through a minute-long call. I'm actually going to hold off, take him first on the other side. If you are in line behind BJ, I will get to you right after that. So dial now, 216 or 888-281-1110. I have not promoted social today. I haven't done a whole lot on it. But uh, I will also always read great uh, messages on Twitter, Facebook, and Parlor. So please follow me on those places at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler, which is P-A-R-L-E-R. We'll get news now. We'll come back and get to your calls and messages right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. 10.34 now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to get a phone call in here because I told him I would, and I want to get to a couple of other stories before we are done. BJ in North Olmsted has some thoughts on now former Salem Media uh, syndicated talk show host, former one-term congressman and current uh, primary challenger Joe Walsh. Hey, BJ, go ahead.
4: Thank you. I'm so grateful for Mr. Walsh, because he is part of the awakening that's taking place in America. It's going to be the American citizenship that's going to wake up to what they want to be in this country the next couple of years, and that's why I call Donald Trump the most major catalyst we've ever had in the presidency to awaken people. What your group is doing and the meetings you're having that are coming up shortly is part of Save America, really, it's a greater purpose than individuals getting out there and wanting to talk about what they believe. The real belief comes, and it's basically I have to say honestly, in all honesty, it's coming from your generation. Keep in mind the Woodstock generation is now in their seventies. They had children and grandchildren. No wonder we have peculiar thinking that goes on in this country, but the salvation is in your age group and younger. And I, and I'm, that's why I've said so long, I'm optimistic about the future. And I encourage you to keep on this path. You are most needed. Your voice is most needed. And I thank you for your time. And God bless you, and God bless America.
2: Thank well, you. Well, thank, thank you, BJ. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's um, you know, it, it, it. I, I, I love your optimism, and I'm glad to hear it. Most in the older generation are more cynical. Uh, I, I find myself becoming more cynical in my middle age right now. Um, than I was perhaps as a younger person. So I'm glad to hear people like you with the optimism. And, yes, what we are doing right now is integral. The meetings that we're having, the groups, the the rallies, the uh, panel discussions, whatever the case might be, because, you know, it really is. I know it's a slogan. And it's kind of cool, I guess. The War for America's Soul Tour. Our big voice uh, guy does it on our promos and everything else, and it does sound all, you know, kind of cool. It's not about that, though. I mean, it really is important to get together and discuss and strategize how we win that war for our soul, how we win, uh, you know, the... <laughs> kind of interesting we're not trying to win anything new we're just trying to win our history we're trying to win what was what we were founded upon because it it really you know look and this might sound myopic to some but it can't be improved upon listen what i mean our constitution is not perfect but it is the most perfect document that i think any country in the history of human human civilization has ever written has ever come up with that's why it took so long to write, and it required amendments to it it's not perfect, but it's as close to perfect as it can get. It is the best that has ever been you know has, has ever been uh, you know uh, devised and we're watching it essentially be erased we're, what, the threats to it are more pervasive now than they have ever been. I don't think that's hyperbole. I really don't. And I know we in the talk show game and, you know, in the, this particular part of the business of media, we are prone to hyperbole sometimes. I am. I, I know that. I try my hardest to recognize it and stop it and correct it if I do feel like I'm being over the top and hyperbolic. But in truth, um, This is that important. It literally is being shredded. The Constitution, if we turn this country over to socialists, they will absolutely undo some of the protections guaranteed us, the liberties, the freedoms that people fought and died for and bled and died to defend over the course of these last 240 years or so. We are talking about literally our future versus our past, and yet it's our past that will guide us to that future. And I know that sounds very twisted and very uh, uh, vicious circle-ish. Um, it's not intended to be. But our future depends upon our past. And if we, we embrace that past, it will ensure our future. Um, you have to look at it that way. So we do have to analyze this. We do need to have these meetings. We do need to have these panel discussions and figure out how we're going to fight to secure that. Todd in Cleveland on AM 1420. The answer is next. Hi, Todd. Go right ahead. Yo, Bob. Yo, T. Please.
5: Twenty-seven amendments, to be exact, to the to the um, constitution, and at least one of those twenty-seven was an amendment to an amendment.
2: <laughs> so, very, that's very right. That's, that's very there's, true.
5: There's some degree of flexibility here. So I, let me get to this. Um, I I'll, as you know, no, there not is,
2: Todd. If I may, though, you know, it's funny. I I want to have this conversation. I don't know where you were going with that, but I wanted to follow up on the amendment process by pointing out. A lot of people have said, you know, if the uh, if the Constitution is so, perf- so perfect, why do we have to change it 27 times or amend it 27 times? And if you think about it, though, in, in 240-some years of existence, 27 tweaks to the Constitution is pretty doggone, ins- well, I want to say insignificant, they're very significant in terms of what they mean, those amendments, are rights. But what I mean is, uh, it's a very, very small amount of changes. You talk about the, the Constitution being, you know, historically rock solid. That's a very small number of changes to it since its, uh, uh, since its, uh, uh, founding. Uh, Todd, you back with me now?
5: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what happened to you there, bro. And at least twelve of those are with the first president, so they they yeah. acknowledge they acknowledge yo we 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 can get some things right here among some others. Some, yeah,
2: we got to fix some things up here, tighten yeah. some some loopholes that we made. We got to guarantee some a few certain things, and obviously they have stood the test of time because it has been very very uh you know uh, infrequently messed with ever since.
5: And we still do because I I acknowledge those were a group of there was a large population of foul people in the founders of the Constitution. But let's yep. move on, yep. <laughs> very foul. But let's move on the um. What you know? I'm not a Republican, but this is these are the reasons why I thought Gorsuch and Kavanaugh were going to be exceptional judges on the Supreme Court, which they have proven to be, by the way. Then they know they ain't legislators. They they are there to interpret as correct as possible, and make decisions as correct as possible on the Constitution. And where there are things that the public or the lawyers that are arguing in front of them want to be readjusted they know that that's the responsibility of the congress and they they aren't going to let somebody make them do something other than what their job is telling them to do which is how judges should operate the phrase don't legislate from the bench should be taken more seriously they take it seriously they don't legislate from the bench
2: so having said that i will i will I... i will respond to that quickly before you go to your next point um I'm less as enthused by the performance that I've seen from particularly Kavanaugh more than Gorsuch. While I don't think he's legislating, I think he is allowing the mess that he went through in the most contentious confirmation battle in the history of the Supreme Court. I think he is letting it guide some of his decision-making. While he is not legislating from the bench, he is interpreting. You know, he he can interpret any way he wishes. And I think he is out to prove that he is not going to be this massive threat to all things liberal, including Roe, that all of the left thought he would be when they tried to torpedo him with all of these phony allegations and accusers and you know sex parties and all the other crap that he was uh you know that he went through i i think he's going out of his way right now to be non-quote-unquote conservative in is in his interpretations non-originalist in his interpretations because he's voted uh, a couple of times right now that i have uh i've been very very questioning of uh let's just put it that way and i think he really is worried about the way he's perceived
5: if you read some more of his judicial history prior to him becoming a U.S. Supreme Court judge, you might not feel that way. He looks pretty consistent to what he's always been to me. And Gorsuch, who I met a few times, we're the same age. I I um I think that Gorsuch is very consistent. But having said that, I want to get to this quick thing about the tariffs. Um, eight um, McCulloch versus Maryland. Judge John Marshall, the U.S. Supreme Court, made this statement, and it's true to today. Um, the power to tax equally involves – he might not have said equally, but the power to tax equally involves the power to destroy. The tariffs on China in, in the intent with the intent to even up the trade balance is a good idea, but the degree to which they're being implemented is causing problems to the um, people in our economy that are carrying the economy, which is the middle class. Most farmers are middle class. And we need to be conscious of that. But let's not be real let's not be unrealistic about it. We've been letting China slide for a while, man. There's no doubt. you, you 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 can't stay on top if you're letting the people behind you get up in front of you for no good reason. That's just real. We're human beings and we're part of the animal kingdom. So let's let's take that seriously. I'm gonna go back to listening, Bob.
2: All right, my friend. I'm glad you called, Todd, as I always am. You make great points. Thank you so much for that. I want to go back, though, because uh, I, I got done with the interview with uh, ADF and Jeremy Tedesco, and we were talking about the Minnesota uh, situation. There's another uh, just to our south, uh, down in Kentucky, that is, you know, I, I want to say this, uh, uh, give, give you this just general opinion before I give the specific specifics of the story. If it isn't cake makers it's florists. If it, in, if it isn't florists, it's DJs and bands. If it isn't DJs and bands, it's caterers. If it isn't caterers, it's uh, video companies, like the one in Minnesota. If it isn't video companies, it's t-shirt designers. The LGBTQ mafia is not going to be satisfied until every man, woman, and child in this country is not just quote-unquote accepting of their lifestyle, no matter whether it's same-sex marriage or it's gender confusion slash gender pronouns slash uh, uh, gender-neutral restrooms and sports teams and all these other things, that we're accepting of it. They're not going to be happy until every man, woman, and child is carrying the flag in the parade and if you're not in that parade waving that rainbow flag we're coming for you you can't sit to the side and just say hey i'm not judging anybody you do you i'm gonna do me no you must acknowledge my existence and my awesomeness you must acknowledge that my marriage man to a man or woman to a woman is awesome And if you don't, we're going to ruin you. We will take your business from you. You can't just sit there silently. You must wave that flag. You must march. It's what they're doing to conservative students on college campuses all over this country. If you are not marching for gay rights and gender pronouns, and, and he's that are she's, and she's that are he's, and z's that are they's. If you're not marching for it, then you are bigoted. And if you are bigoted, we will run you off of this campus. It's why I was so proud to deliver my daughter this past weekend to Hillsdale College, where classes start tomorrow. She's ready. But this is the way that it's going in this country. They're doing it on campuses, and now they're doing it in general uh, um, society, in the business world, in retail, in service industries. They're coming for one after the other after the other. And they are not going to be satisfied until you are compelled to speak in their language and to celebrate their greatness of their lifestyle choices rather than just sitting quietly and saying, it's not bothering me. I'm fine. Or God forbid you don't, you you say the opposite. You actually say, I'm not for man and man marriage woman to woman marriage. I'm not for woman to pet marriage either. And I'm not, uh, I'm not for man, man, woman, uh, uh, three-way marriages. I'm not for any of the above. If you say anything, anything at all that potentially offends or, or harms anyone's feelings in the LBGTQXYZ hashtag exclamation point ampersand community, then you are going to be The subject of lawsuits. You are going to be have your life ruined. And the case down in Kentucky is the latest example. I mentioned t-shirts, right? The Christian owner of a Kentucky print shop has spent years fighting for his right not to create gay pride t-shirts. Has now taken his case to the Kentucky State Supreme Court. Blaine Adamson is his name, owner of Hands-On Originals Christian Outfitters. Let me say that again. Hands-on Originals Christian Outfitters is the name of his company in Lexington, Kentucky. The word Christian is in the name. Those are the kinds of shirts that they make. It's very specific to them. And sadly, it is why they were targeted. Guaranteed. When you advertise your Christian beliefs, you are going to be targeted by the LGBT community, the ACLU, and their lawyers saying, Okay, Christian, make me a gay pride t-shirt. I dare you not to. I dare you not to make me t-shirts or anything else celebrating my same-sex wedding. Because if you try, you're wrecked. For the past several years, he's been fighting the Lexington Human Rights Commission over his polite refusal of the Gay and Lesbian Service Organizations, now called the Pride Community Service Organizations, request to print t-shirts for their Lexington Pride Festival. The Kentucky Court of Appeals sided with Adamson, the owner of Hands-On Original Christian Outfitters, in 2017, and the Kentucky Supreme Court heard oral arguments in this case this past Friday. For the last seven years, the government has tried to punish me for declining to print a message that violated my conscience, Adams to- Adamson told the public outside of the court chamber Friday. So far, the lower courts have upheld my freedom as a creative professional, and I'm hoping the Kentucky Supreme Court will uphold that freedom as well. Blaine serves everyone, said attorney Jim Campbell, also VDF. He doesn't print all messages, however. In fact, Blaine has printed materials for a lesbian musician who performed at the Lexington 2012 Pride Festival. Printed materials for her. It's all about the message that Blaine is asked to print, not the sexual orientation of the potential customer. He's not concerned with the person. Upholding Blaine's rights protects freedom of speech for everyone. This is why he has received public support, even from lesbians in that community, and others who own a print shop, one, uh, who own a print shop in New Jersey and don't want the government to force them to print print messages they disagree with. Adam said his previous, cause think about that. That couple in New Jersey, the, the lesbian couple in New Jersey who own a print shop there, uh, are they going to be forced to print something that's uh, T-shirts that say, let's just, for the, I'm making something up here, and it's extreme for the purposes of illustration. Should they be forced to make up T-shirts that say, death to gays? Now, obviously, I hope no one would ever want such a T-shirt. You understand my point, though. Would they be forced to make something that is critical of or in some way offensive toward the homosexual community? Do they have to make that? No, they should be allowed to say no to that. Well, here they are in, in, uh, in Kentucky saying no to the opposite. Adamson has previously stressed he has happily served and has employed homosexuals in his print shop. It's not about the person. It's the content of the certain designs that's at issue. We've had to turn down several jobs because of whatever the message is, uh, may have been, even from customers we've had in the past for years. When they present a message that conflicts with my convictions, it's something I cannot print, and that is the line for me. That's it's extraordinarily important, but the good news is again that they won in the appeals court in 2017. It has now gone to the Supreme Court in Kentucky. We will keep you posted as to the result of those uh, oral arguments. 10:52. I got time for a couple more quick phone calls. If you're on the hold, stay there. I'll get to you next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1055, final segment of the broadcast this morning. Really appreciate your participation and your attendance. Let's go out to uh, Amherst now. Uh, this is Keith on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience, Keith. You're on the air. Go right ahead.
4: Hey, Bob. The, the LGBT community,
3: they're not there for equal rights. They're there for one thing. They're a tool to the left. They're trying to silence the Christians. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to destroy... The, the 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 Christian voice the Christian vote that's what their whole
4: narrative
5: is
3: and, and it's crazy it's okay to be a Christian in this country I don't know what people are are, are backing off of and, and are
4: afraid of anymore
2: you are one hundred percent correct you know it's it's Christian which goes with the other uh, evil uh, demographics uh, male uh, white straight Christian. Those are the evil demographics that have to be destroyed. They're part of the patriarchy. They're part of the Christian, uh, superiority, part of the male and white privilege. And all of these things need to be destroyed. And I think that's exactly, uh, correct. Christianity is under attack in a lot of different forums. And, uh, the LGBTQ community is one of the most important, uh, infantries, if you will, uh, in the, in this, uh, in this attack, in this war against, uh, uh, the straight white, uh, Christian males. That's, uh, that's exactly what this country is facing.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and with four kids, you know I'm raising four kids in a world where we are now being told we're the evil ones. When all we're trying to do is teach morals, we're trying to bring morals back to this country. It's not—it's not a difficult concept to understand if if you can just put common sense back in and tell parents, hey, listen, don't cave in. Teach your kids that it's okay to be Christian. Teach your kids it's okay to be a patriot. Teach your kids
4: it's okay this. Don't back down. We're not going to lose. I really believe that, Bob, and especially with your voice out well, there. I, I hope America. you're
2: right. Here's the thing, Keith. On uh, you know to to complete that picture, and thanks so much for the phone call. Keep listening as I wrap this up. It, 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 in the same way, we have to teach our kids it's okay to be Christian. It is okay to be uh, you know a believer in Jesus Christ, and it's okay to live your life by those morals and codes and so on and so forth. We also have to recognize we're not saying that it's not okay to be gay. Okay because I don't think what, what Christians like you and me and what we're talking about we're fighting for, it is not about persecuting anyone for, for their own sexual orientation. We're not trying to persecute anybody. What we're asking is that you do not demonize us and persecute us for not celebrating your choices with you when it may not be something that we believe in due to the Bible, due to Christianity, due to a, 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 a sermon we once heard, or whatever the case might be. We're not going to try to change you and conform you and say, no, you must be this way or you must go back in the closet. But stop trying to beat us up if we don't march along in the parade with you. I, it, When it comes to, you know, t- it, it, uh, team uh, 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 identity versus team biology, I'm going to go with team biology. If I that way, you feel differently so you're not biologically male or female, I'm not going to be on that team. Now, I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to verbally bash you. But don't you dare try to come in and close my business down if I don't go along with you. That's the problem here. And that's a Christianity problem. It's a white male problem, the patriarchy problem, and so on and so forth. This is what they have done. They have demonized everybody who is one or more of those characteristics, straight white Christian males. And it's not right. Thank you for that great phone call, Keith. I appreciate it. Christianity is under attack. We do need to stick together and fight for it. Uh, tomorrow at 10.05, Peter Kirstenow will be with us. Why? Because he wasn't with us today. Travel day for Peter today, so he'll be back on with us tomorrow. Do not forget, get your tickets now for the War for America Soul Tour on November 21st. Tickets online at whkradio.com. Mike Gallagher's next. Listen to him, and have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Enjoy the silence.